This is a Wild Game Production Podcast. Roll them bones. I know you came here to be. Be what you want in the game of D&D. Assassin, halfling, human, or rogue. Just gotta pick up all those dice and let's roll. We're rolling now for real. Welcome to Seaver Die Expert Edition, the first and original classic D&D podcast. Good evening and welcome to Saver Die Expert Edition, episode 135, Freebooters. I am your host, DM James, and with me tonight is DM Glenn. The sexier version. And TM Eric. Now I feel nauseous. Hi, folks. Remember what I said about uh, in a thong? Uh, (laughs) All right, and we've immediately moved right into inappropriate this evening, folks. Uh, We'll still have our iTunes rating. Watch. That's true. That's true. Yeah. What, five thongs? (laughs) <laughs> no, 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 no. I actually, I was about to say no thongs, but that's much worse. I, I could tell my stories of sharing a room with Bad Mike at North at uh, <laughs> Garycon, but I probably shouldn't. Yeah, you, you probably definitely, should. definitely shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, and all of you should be going to North Texas RPG Con. Yay! Uh, yes, yes, uh, we're gonna have so much fun. Anyway, uh, so how you guys doing? How we doing? Huh? I'm all right. I'm a little tired, but pretty good. So, doing good, man. Doing good. Doing good, yeah? Good. So tonight we're talking about Freebooters, which is a uh, basic style uh, pirate-focused role-playing game. This is uh, by Night Owl Workshop. Thank you, because I totally had not opened the PDF to recall the company. David, Pul- David Pulver and Thomas Denmark. Now... Now, these guys, this is not their first rodeo. What else have they done? You know, they did uh, uh, Warriors of the Red Planet, which is a... Uh, see, all these are based on the uh, ODD, three books, plus, I mm-hmm. believe, Greyhawk. Um, they did Warriors of the Red Planet, which is a John Carter type. Um, mm-hmm. Raiders of the Lost Artifacts, which is Pulp, Indiana Jones. This, Free Booters. They also have Guardians. They actually made a Supers game out of it. Oh wow! And they have uh, what was it? A, they have a Starship Troopers base one, and I can't recall the Colonial uh, Colonial, Colonial Troopers. Colonial yeah. Troopers, that's right. And they're all based on the same engine, and it it's just like wow, they get a lot of mileage out of just like the three books and like Greyhawk. And it's so funny because all the all the uh, like in here, um, you have three basic classes and an optional class at the back. They all have that. And, but they are qual- they are quality stuff, and this was published this year, uh, twenty seventeen. And okay, it's it's a one hundred and eight page PDF. I believe the PDF is available on RPG Now and Drive Through RPG, and, Lulu. and you can get you can get physicals on Lulu. Mm-hmm. They're about fifteen bucks on Lulu, uh, ten for the PDF. Um, now, and they're quality stuff. 
and it is it is while it is based on the old uh you know 74 era style D&D right. I I know in the case of freebooters it stands alone but I believe the others also stand alone you don't need the other books to play You're right it. you can you can yeah. mix and match these or not and what's great mm-hmm. about these books is like see my problem with them was every single one of them I looked at and I go these are fantastic but I've got savage worlds for all this stuff that I do already. But yeah, but like, 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 like me, I don't, I don't play Savage Worlds. I tend to favor right. like Swords and Wizardry White Box, and, and everything he, and he, in here you can drop with no modification right. into. And this isn't like a White Box if, game. This, oh, yeah. yeah, this isn't this isn't like well, you need White Box to play or the original three bu- books or whatever. No, yeah. the system's in there. All the systems mm-hmm. in here, and if you and if you like, Gene's saying, if you know Swords and Wizardry. It's basically using the same clone system. It's got ascending and descending right. AC mm-hmm. with the same brackets that you used to look at. And a a sort of like rough Thaco. <laughs> well, yeah, it's BHB, which yes. is which is also Swords and Wizardry, and a single save. So if you're if if you're used to Swords and Wizardry, um, you're gonna feel right at home here. Especially you, Swords and Wizardry really well. light. Well, I don't know if lights can make you feel right at home here. Well, I just thought I'd give you a plug. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> You know what, though, Eric? I think it could fit in pretty well into a continual light game. Oh, certainly. I mean, I could see easily uh, the, the conversion would be real simple. Mm-hmm. And uh, but and I'm sure Glenn's going to go deeper into this, but listen, I was a history major, and uh-huh. I'm reading this, and I'm reading about the Caribbean, and the facts there, or the history that's presented there, was extremely interesting to me. More so than the system that I pretty much felt at home with already. But the... Uh, he looked like they researched the history pretty well, and oh yeah, even that even happy. Even there's a map of the Caribbean in here that's taken directly from a historical map. I believe it's a reprint of a historical map, oh, yeah. and like I mean, the, the game is is very very historically grounded. Like the 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 standard classes are all non magical in nature. Um, they're all very, very built onto historic archetypes for pirates and characters associated with pirates, and even like the languages chart, like what languages your character right. speaks. It's not like common dwarvish, elvish stuff like that. It is like you speak Dutch and Spanish and English. French, yeah. And yeah. it is so, see, this is what I like about these books. Now, I said, I have Savage World for a while. What do we need these books for? I'll still buy these books because this is great supplement stuff. Mm-hmm. I, if I'll be, okay, first of all, the first thing I ever played with Savage Worlds was Fifty Fathoms, which is the Pirates of the Caribbean, Pirates of the Dark Water type fantasy pirates. Mm-hmm. Um, if I want to throw in some historical stuff, I got this book, Freebooters, right there. I don't need to run the system. I don't want I'm I'm not going to run the system, but I mean, I can find out all about the Spanish Main. You know, who came over into this other world from what time period, and what they're used to, and you know, and and you could just, you know, use that as background material. You can lift stuff from here that is just incredible. Well, and there's there's stuff in here. There's a lot of great piecemeal stuff in here. Like, even if you're not running a pirates game, but you want firearms in your yes, game, yes, they've got yeah. a great clean functional yes. firearm system that works really well. You could use they, that or Raiders of Lost Artifacts or any of their other books. They do have great firearm system in this. Mm-hmm. They've got a really great, really clean. Uh, uh, naval combat system. That's what I like about it. It's clean. 
Mm-hmm. Right down to the layout. The layout is um, the fonts are very clear. The yes. art is all black and white line art. It's, it's uh, all, a little it's bit, all, a little bit, a little bit of grayscale. Yeah, it's all it's all supposed to evoke the uh, three three original books and supplements. Basically, which, which makes it really easy to read. Yeah, and it doesn't have the the god awful you know layout and and description issues of of the right. games from back in the day. It's it's all very user friendly and and right. presented that way. It, it's just <clears throat> excuse me. It, I really really enjoyed. Reading. I looked up after the when I first started reading, and before I realized, I'd read forty pages of it. And it's only a hundred and ten page book. Yeah, right. But for a hundred and ten pages, you get a complete historic pirates game with the option to add a little bit of magic here and there. You know, in the back of the book, they've got a, a Bakur, which is kind of like a voodoo character. And I like that it wasn't just a magic user or a cleric reskinned. The right. spells they pick for them are not just cast it in one round. They're all these, these rituals and, and, but they still mimic very simple effects like healing or affecting crops or winds um, there's a section on, you know, designing your own pirate adventures and how to break them down, you know, from gathering info to sacking towns, rescuing prisoners. And, and all of them have an adventure of uh, tables on here to roll up adventures. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the encounter tables are, are, are very quick and very clean. You know, pretty much anything you're going to encounter in, in a Caribbean environment is there. Everything from from plain old normal local locals to escaped slaves to wildlife, alligators, boars, cattle, poisonous bugs, giant eels, right. even, of course, the kraken. The kraken. You know. Yeah, and all written up in easy-to-understand stat blocks. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, what I like, like say, say I use this for 50 Fathoms, like 50 Fathoms always got a magic and all that stuff. It's based on earth, air, fire, water. I can throw the boca in there and any kind of like voodoo magic to give it that kind of a voodoo flavor in my game. And it, it actually reminds did either of you ever see the television show Black Sails? I've heard of it. <laughs> oh my God. When I read this, all I could think of was Black Sails. Black Sails is a historical fiction television series about Long John Silver okay. before before Treasure Island and how he discovers oh, wow. Treasure Island. It's it's oh. really cool. And they, they tie it into all kinds of historic pirates like Calico Jack and Anne Bonny and and Charles Vane are oh, all characters. Yeah, and then that's what I was about to say. They're all these names are all named in this book, along with these famous pirate captains and what their ship was and when they were active. If you want to set it in a specific period, or if you just want to do a kind of hodgepodge where you've got, you know, Captain Kidd and Charles Vane and you know Blackbeard all running around at exactly the same time, you can do that with this. And it just yeah. it's so it's such a nice sandbox game. Like right. it's just. And it, it it it's got a swashbuckly feel, but it's still very very grounded in reality. Um, it's not like Seventh Sea where your character is necessarily larger than life. Being a pirate is still a hard 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 life, and the game does a lot to portray that. Um, it, but, it really but, makes the go ahead. But I'm just saying, it just doesn't shove it in your face all the time. No, no, it it almost reads. Like part history book, uh-huh. definitely. Um, but and the good, I, I, the, the good history books, the, the fun part, the fun part, um, and, and it does everything to make that period approachable. One of my favorite things in the whole book, on page eighty-three of the PDF, uh-huh. there is an alphabetical nautical lingo 
Oh, yes. Listed. And I love that that's there. Just to give you a little sense. And then the next page has like a dozen books to reference, movies. And it's more than just, oh, Pirates of the Caribbean. It talks about, you know, Captain Blood from 1935 or, you know, the, the often maligned, though kind of awesome, Cutthroat Island. As a matter of fact, it mentions black sails in here. And, um, and, and it even Disney's says, yeah. Treasure Island, thank you very much. <laughs> yep. It even says Black Sails is a particularly excellent dramatization of this game. Um, and it, the whole time I was reading the book, I was like, this is Black Sails. This is Black Sails, the role-playing game. And it it really feels that way. And I really, really liked it. Um, I, would reading write the whole here, book. I would write here in the references, Treasure Planet. <laughs> I love that movie. That's a great movie. That's Spelljammer. Yes. yes I never is. thought. Oh, wow. oh, dude, you need to see it. Yeah. It's friggin' fantastic. Yeah. It's fr- I love that movie. I love the... Uh, <laughs> I like the way they did the ship combat as just like a variation of regular combat where the ships have hit points mm-hmm. and things, and you do initiative for the crews, mm-hmm. which is nice. It, was, it, was, it wasn't a system bolted onto an existing system like you're suddenly playing a different game. No, there, there was some thought that went into it, and I do like the way... All, all the ships are... It's like having another bestiary. You know, you you have it for the creatures, but you also have it for the, the ships. ships, and I think that was very effectively done. Large ships, and... schooner, brigantine. Yeah. I One of the things I really liked was in their optional class in the back, and I know we're jumping around a lot, but frankly, this book is like that. You can open it to any page and find something really cool. Yeah. Um, in their, their, their spellcasting class... Uh, the uh, uh, Bakur, one of the things they do is that the Bakur only get third level up to third level spells, which, oh, well, that's kind of lame. No. Think about this. A third level spell is something like protection from missiles. That includes gunfire and cannonballs, which that's is right. unbelievably powerful. But then yeah. they take the time to talk about the Loa, which were not quite gods, but more like spirits associated with voodoo and sensory practitioners. Mm-hmm. And I had done a little research on these before reading this, and this is pretty accurate stuff to what they have in history. Mm-hmm. So it is respectful of the historic source material, which I thought was a wonderful, wonderful touch mm-hmm. um, to the game. And then on top of it all, they have an optional skill system. Yes. And the, the, the skill and the skills are all very pirate centric mm-hmm. oh, yeah. um, which is you know of course natural given the setting but there are skills you wouldn't think of but are really important to a pirate crew things like soldiering which is how to maintain military discipline and organization among a group of men and men and women and serving you that's really important to a pirate ship if you want to be a captain and you can't maintain your crew well then you're going to get mutinied quick and they um, talk about the way they do it, how they elect a cap. Something you don't think of, they elect a captain each voyage. Mm-hmm. They elect a captain each voyage. And everything is equal among the shares of the treasure. Um, and the captain only has final say on in rare occasions. For the most part, it's a true democracy. Mm-hmm. Um, the captain is kind of like the, the, the end-all, be-all during a combat operation or during a raid. But until, other than that, it's pretty much group consensus. Okay, let me talk about the uh, class. It's, it's, uh, if it was fantasy, it'd be racist class, because there's just classes. They're all, yeah. you, they just assume you're playing human, period. Yep. Um, which you could change if you want. Um, they have the Sea Rover, which is a, base, a sailor who's a fighter. The Musketeer, who's more of a soldier... 
on a ship than a mm-hmm. than a uh, actual sailor. And then they have the striker, who a lot of times are natives who go who go aboard ships and develop like stealth, surprise, backstabbing. So you got your I, it's basically equivalent to a thief. I I almost I wouldn't I I actually I disagree a little bit. I don't think of it as a thief. It almost came off to me like a ranger. Okay, ranger. Yeah, you're probably right because you know they got these native guys that come around and says, "Okay, I know this area. Let me see what I can find," or things like that. We're gonna fight this, so you got to do that. Um, there's definitely a thief. There's definitely a thief element there with backstab and and stealth, but it always felt like. These guys are more the trackers, the ambushers. They're not going to be picking pockets or picking locks, per se. Oh, and all the classes are capped at 10. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I I, the, go, ahead. go ahead. No, no, go ahead. The only thing I didn't like about the classes is on my first read-through, the Sea Rover and the Musketeer read very similarly. They did. Until I looked at it as a progression, and the Musketeer is a bit more front-loaded. Uh-huh. And they have a higher hit die, but they don't get as many abilities as the Sea Rover. Right. The Sea Rover is more of a generalist, whereas the Musketeer is, is almost more fightery. Sea Rover is more your, your average sailor pirate. Yep. And yep. I love right. the pictures of them with the multiple muskets and, and guns exactly the way they would do it. Because you mm-hmm. fire one, then you go in with the sword. And if you need to fire another one, you grab another one and yep. fire it. I, I, it really does try to cling hard to its historic roots. Yes, it does. But it's it's not bound to them. It says start with history and build out from there. Yes. Um, the whole game had that tone of, of doing that. And they included some stuff from history that I didn't even think of. Like, yeah. I love that they have stink pots, which were oh, commonly yeah. used, but you never hear about them in games. No. I, I thought that was a really, really neat thing to include. Or, you know, you see cannons in pirate games all the time, but you never see swivel guns. Swivel guns were huge. They were really yeah, Those were the deck guns, weren't they? Yep. They yeah, were the ones that are, like, kind of mounted. You could, like, they were called swivel guns because you could actually turn them almost backwards and fire yeah, them in different directions. They're like, they're like tiny cannons. Yes, they were the little tiny cannons, exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, ships yeah. cannon and the long barrels and all that kind of stuff. And they do have maneuvers mm-hmm. in here for ships. Um, what kind of armor the ships can have. Oh, as far as your personal armor goes, forget it. You want to drown? Don't wear armor. Yeah, yeah. The armor is is definitely, definitely not important. Leather at best. Yes, leather at best, exactly. And they they talk about things that are going to come up in a pirate game or a seafaring game that you don't really think of. Things like, how much does it cost to hire a native? How much does it cost to hire a trained guide or a translator? Mm-hmm. Or or a cook. You have no idea how important a cook is on a ship. Like that's so huge. And you know, because uh, people people who are hungry tend to kill each other. Yes, and yeah. gazetteer like the Caribbean and the Spanish Main and all that. Just you can go here, you can go here, you can go here, and it just gives you like a one paragraph of everything, like Jamaica, Tortuga, Tobago. You know, mm-hmm. and it just goes on and on, and it just you can't believe this. It, there's such a short page count on this book. That's just it. it. You feel like you're reading about 300 pages worth of material crammed into 100 pages. They waste no space. Um, yeah. I was a bit put off by the $15 for the softcover digest. Page but after, so re- <laughs> after reading the PDF, I felt like I got a bargain. Yeah. You know, and, and they do things like they tell you the difference in the ships between a brigantine and a flute 
and a galleon and what it means to be in these different ships and, and how they function differently to the point where they have cutaway maps so you can see deck by deck how these ships are built, this is what as, they hold. This is as good or almost better than a GURP source book. That's exactly what the whole thing reminded me of was a GURP source book. Even if I wasn't, like, like I love the new 7th C. I am totally going to be using this for a 7th C campaign because it breaks it down so well. Yeah. Okay. I have a question. Um, they have black powder. Yes. Um, could you use this in one of your games? I normally... I'm not talking about the prejudice against or anything, but could you use it in a D&D campaign? I could drop this in a Swords and Wizardry or Heroes Journey game like that, with yep. zero modification. Okay. <laughs> okay. The, the uh, only place it deviates from the Swords and Wizardry model is it does occasionally use dice other than D6s, but that's such a tiny thing that, okay, I'm picking up a D8 instead of a D6 for, for my flintlock pistol. Right, like, and, you're, and you're only breaking away if you're talking about light and white box. Once you hit Corrin, complete, yeah. all, the, all the dice are in, are in play. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it shows you how much I know about white box. <laughs> and and, and it, it even breaks it down to, like, how much damage you do if you hit somebody with the butt of a musket or a, the butt of a pistol. Yeah. Like, because that's what happens. A lot of times you fire your pistol and that was it. You flipped it over and suddenly it was a shillelagh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if you don't, even if you don't use this for uh, a swashbuckling pirate campaign, there is so much here to use as a source book to add to your... Uh, old school or, or or clone of choice mm-hmm. that you that it just it, it's full of little bits and pieces just to yank and and play with yeah oh yeah can i ask no. a question here you just did i i will ask another one then uh okay. B, uh bhb mm-hmm. okay plus one plus two why uh because ascending ac is better than descending ac what's that got to do with bhb Okay, here, here's how it works, Glenn. Uh, basic hit bonus. You add that to your D20 roll. Right, I understand how there's it works. No two hit, there's no two hit charts. Whoa. Right, it, it means you don't need two hit charts, basically. Oh, because I've seen that in other games, including Castles and Crusades, and I wonder yeah. why it's there. It's yeah. done It's done because then you need one to hit chart for the entire game, modified by each class's BHB, okay. well, versus assume- one to hit chart for every class. Okay, I just assumed it was a D20 versus armor class. Not, not well. Here, here's how. Basically, like, if you were using ascending AC, and your uh, you and your opponent's okay. AC is 15, okay. uh, if you roll a 13 and your BHB is plus three, it's a 16. One better than you needed. You hit. Right. Yeah. It's, as opposed to like, it's funny because I was I was showing my wife the other day. I pulled out my old uh, DMG from one E. Oh man. And I said, I'm gonna. The book will. First off, the book's gonna open up to. One page, the combat charts. Just by putting it down, let it open, and I go and look at the color of these pages, and then flip it two pages, and look at other. I use those combat charts so much that pages turn dark gray from the grease on my fingers. Fingers. Okay. Yep. Okay. I would argue. My only complaint about that is it, that book is poorly organized and should have been in a better place in the book. But. Um, well, yes. That's the point. I'm used. I'm used to. To me, like you know, less numbers you add, the better. To me, like I said, I'm not a fan of a lot of Chrome, and this is kind of, it's Chrome to me. I I find it. I understand where you're coming from. I actually. And I'm find not it just too- talking about this. I'm talking about any game that uses like a number like a BHP. 
I I understand where you're coming from. I actually find it to be less Chrome because let me find the page number. I'm flipping through. So the they don't, I don't I don't need a chart. Well, there's there you need a chart, but there's one chart versus Maybe I'm one chart per class. I don't know. It's, um, it started in third edition where they had that number that number they came up with going. Why is this number here? Like a good example. Okay, so like the BHB thing, the uh, base hit bonus thing again. Sorry, folks, I'm getting educated. No, 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 no. That's fine. If you look on um, page 35 of the Freebooters PDF, okay, they have at the bottom the descending AC chart. They do. So using that same thing, if you had rolled a 16, mm-hmm. then you can look and say, okay, that means you hit AC three. You add all your bonuses up, 16 is AC3. Oh, they put, they put a plus three. Okay, I, I misread that. Yep, so that's... The, the that's plus threw I, me off. Yep. Yep, okay. and I can see why, because we're not used to seeing ACs as plus three. It's just a three. What I find weird is their target number for... Uh, which is their their rough Thaco mm-hmm. uh, alternate method target number zero. Level and the classes do not correspond at all with the classes in the book. No, they don't. No, they don't. Their progression I, for to hit rolls is definitely different from mercenary, fortune hunter, occultist, academic scientist. What I think they did is they took that chart out of Warriors of the Red Planet and just pasted it into all their books. Because I also have Raiders of Lost Artifacts, and it's the same chart. Well, it, and it's probably done for consistency between supplements. So if you have a Raiders plus Freebooters plus Mercer, Colonial, yeah, but you, yeah, but you know, it, but yeah, it's, but I, I, I caught, I caught one little thing. That shows its, its roots and swords and wizardry is when you look at the optional uh, casting class. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It gets a bonus for charisma because it uses charisma and it also states, and like all classes, it gets a bonus to XP for Wisdom. high charisma. For high charisma. Ah, high charisma. Oh, but okay. it's not mentioned under charisma up in front. So right. it's a holdover from somewhere. Only place I can see. Yeah. That, that, that's a swords and wizardry invention. Well, yeah, that's that single for, save. But, yeah. And I only know because I've done so much reading and research when I was breaking out light that this stuff is ingrained into my head. Mm-hmm. But okay. uh, I do like the treatment here, though. Overall, this is a really uh, a good good clone uh, if you want to play pirates. It, it, or, or, if, or if you just want to add seafaring to your old school OSR game. Yes. There, you don't have to use the classes here. They could be NPCs, but if you want to make a realistic, uh, you know, trip for your your PCs as opposed to, all right, well you hop on a ship three weeks later you're there. You, this is going to give you the opportunity to add a little. Uh, I don't like to say realism to your game, but the, add, the, add a little excitement to uh, an otherwise trip that you're going to hand wave because now you don't have to hand wave it. The right. only thing I found missing, and maybe I didn't see it, because I, I only read through the PDF solidly once, was I did not see anything on weather and it impacting your journey, storms and wind. Uh, I believe you're right. I didn't see it either. And and that is that's not to make a disparagement against the game. There's so much here packed into 100 and, you know 108 no, pages. I, I mean, yeah. they even have the, the price for a cheap whore per hour in pesos. So I mean, I I just give you a call on Skype usually. <laughs> Dude, uh, I am counted as an expensive courtesan, but I give you a friends and family discount. Oh, sweet! Oh, <laughs> Good to know I'm special. <laughs> oh, by the way, and if you're playing a bo- if you allow you, they allow you to play a boker, by the time you get to tenth level, you can make your own zombies. 
Yes, you can. Yes, they have a zombie spell for a you third raise level. Dead, you raise dead, call lightning, death spell, which no, requires I, I you to use a you doll. Make, you make a potion. The person who drinks it, if they fail their save, they're a zombie. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's loosely based on the actual historic practices that's done by the, the time I of the day. That's the way I like day. to play my zombies in any fantasy or anything. They're not like... Brains, brains, whatever. I mean, you got ghouls for that. Uh, I like the zombies of, like, you know, the old Haitian zombies or white mm-hmm. zombie, where there are dead people you raise to do stuff. If you want them to attack the PCs, you tell them to go and attack the PCs. Other than that, they do your bidding. You know, mm-hmm. that's zombies I, to me. I thought the spell theming in here was so appropriate to the setting. My favorite spell in the whole thing is their death spell. Death spell? It's a th- third level spell it's on page 94 i'm going to read this out this is because this is awesome go ahead it, ha- it has a range of 10 miles per level which Holy is huge crap. the duration is permanent but listen to the description the user must make a doll or similar image of the person that includes something from the victim such as clothing they wore a lock of hair or blood each day nice. de- each day the caster may spend an hour ritually tormenting the doll in some way sticking it with pins burning it with matches cutting it etc and the victim suffers one die six points of damage. Wow. The caster can torment the doll each day until the victim is dead or until he decides to stop. He can keep the doll and blackmail the victim, starting the torment again later, if the doll is severely damaged in a way that it would be fatal to a living being such as being burned, dismembered, or hung. The victim immediately suffers 3d6 points of damage, but the spell ends, and it takes a remove curse to eliminate the effect and harmlessly destroy the doll. That is wow. terrifying. That. That's a third level spell, so they only get third level spells at tenth level. So basically, it's a hundred, hundred miles range. Yeah, hundred miles. That, wow. that's, that which that's which is huge. A, which is huge. But think about it in seafaring. It's not that that huge if you're traveling on a ship. No. Well, true. But it's it's that's so flavorful because you can still only do a d6 point of damage a day unless you really jack the doll up. Uh-huh. Um, but could you imagine every day just all of a sudden? Okay, your character suddenly experiences a horrible stabbing pain in their knee or their neck, or they suddenly or feel their stomach. Their yeah. Because right. somebody on an island somewhere is stabbing up a little doll that's stuffed full of your hair. That's a well, variation. Basically, it's a variation on a curse. Yeah. yeah. Well, it even says you can only you can only get rid of the doll um, uh, harmlessly by casting Remove Curse. Mm. So, and basically, you know, if you can have this cast on you, you'll have encountered the caster prior, because they, mm-hmm. they, they need something from you. So you're going to pretty much not have an idea. All right, this island, I got Puerto Rico. I got to stay away from Puerto Rico because I've pissed somebody off and they're torturing me. Or what if what if you, you take that and there's a pirate captain who's blackmailing you because he's got a death spell on you and yeah. he's making you do bad stuff? You know, I mean, there's just that alone is a is a great campaign hook or a spell like there's a second level spell in here. It might, you know, it's a first level spell, I think. No, it's second level. Control fire. Think about that in a world with black powder. Oh, wow. Wow. With a range of 10 feet per level. That's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, the spells in here, fog cloud, which is great for pirate ambushes, illusions, insect plagues. And that's if you want to add magical elements to it. You don't have to. Right. But It's kind of a tempt- tempting to, but... <laughs> It's tempting to, and as a play or as a DM, I would be tempted to limit it to NPCs or players I really trusted. Mm-hmm. But to me, that has that reminds me so much of, of Pirates of the Caribbean when they go yeah. to the woman who's out in the Ballista. jungle and they make 
yeah, they make they make the deal with with Calypso to uh, Calypso. to bring Jeffrey Rush's character back from the dead or to find Jack Sparrow. This is the chick who can do that. Yeah, you know, and, and that to me it just it just screams piratey and it screams fun. Uh-huh. And you can just you don't need to use the rest of the book. You could drop that class into any game. That's right. True. Um, if I were going to use this book, I actually wouldn't use the classes, and it's not because they're not good; they're fine. But I would just use the classes from White Box or Swords and Wizardry or, or whatever, and just take everything else, and you could drop it in almost with no modification and have a fantastic pirates game. Oh yeah, I mean, just Definitely. freaking awesome. Okay, but but, but go ahead. No, 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 no. Continue. I was, but first, you should watch Black Sails because Black Sails is awesome. Or Pirates of the Caribbean, or Pirates of Dark Water, if you can find it. Or <laughs> um, that's a little pushing, a little. But anyway, I think we geeked out, geeked out over this enough, haven't we? Maybe. I, I, I probably we probably. I mean, it's. it's the, the, I think we, we can do another agree. two hours on it. I know. I think all three of us should agree that if you don't have it, you should first of all buy the PDF, and then once you buy the PDF, you'll want to buy the physical. Exactly. Put it, um, I mean, put it by the physical. It's twenty-five dollars. Yeah worth it i mean absolutely I, you know absolutely. i always want to have both because i'm just the one for re- the pdf for reference this for just sitting around and reading so yeah go get it it's drive through rpg or rpg now for the pdf 10 bucks uh lulu 15 uh, also i'd like to reiterate my personal favorite it's digest size yes yes they're all di- all their books are digest sized it's all about the digest size yes it is Yes, it is, and I hope we do some more of their their books from this from uh, Night Owl Workshop. I hope we get to do like Raiders of Lost Artifacts or Warriors of the Red Planet. Or I, I definitely could see them in the future because this book has made me want to go back and look at their other stuff that I was not previously interested. In. If it's, I'll if even it's a... I'll even look at Guardians. Me being an old Champions character, I didn't think you could do it any better than that or Marvel superheroes. I want to see what they do with supers. I would be interested to see exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So either I'll get that soon or probably get it. I know they have them in North. They usually have them in North Texas. So they had them at Gary Con at the uh, Black Blade booth by right, cancer. right. But uh, yeah, go get this. Love it. Use it. Um, know it. Dun 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 <laughs> dun dun dun. Um, guess it's time to go, huh? I think we've uh, we've uh, we've ripped this apart rather rapidly and oh, by the way, uh, enjoyed is, doing so. By the way, this is episode number one thirty-five. We forgot to mention that at the beginning. No, I think I said it at the beginning. Maybe, Maybe I didn't. Did. Oh okay. well. Okay. Well, anyway, you're the host. Go. <laughs> so I think. Uh, what? No, I just wanted to bust on you. Oh well, there's nothing new there. Um, you charge extra for that anyway. Um, <laughs> All right, this has been episode 135, uh, Freebooters, which you should go out and buy because it's awesome. Actually, it's Save or Die, but we'll let it go. Well, it's episode 135 of Save or Die, where we have discussed Freebooters, which you should go out and buy because it's awesome. Remember the Night Owl Workshop. Night Owl Workshop. You can get the PDF on DriveThru and RPG Now. You can get the physical on Lulu. I have been your host, uh, DM James. Uh, with me is TM Eric. Hey, hey. Say bye. And, and DM Glenn. Bye, folks. R. Bye, Glenn. R. 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 Oh, yeah. Now we be going to be some road, there, okay?